Hey, what's up? Now, uh, back on the air, this is WMSC 90.3 uh, with uh, Shadowplay in studio. Now tell me, what is your name and what position do you play? I'm Andrew Corkery. I'm the lead singer of Shadowplay. I'm John Sellers, and I play the bass and guitar and piano. And I think the other members are currently setting up their equipment for the performance, so the other members in the band are Dan Holden on guitar and backup vocals. Yeah, that was him in the background if you heard him. Tim Bear on the drums and backup vocals and Ed Flynn on the guitar and the bass. Where is your band from, and how long have you guys been around for? Uh, we're from Mount Laurel, New Jersey, which is probably about 25, 30 minutes away from Philadelphia. Um, so South Jersey, more or less. Um, and how long have we been around for? I'd say me and Dan started playing music in 2006, and uh, Shadowplay formed, I guess, about 2008. Would you say, John? Sounds good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so about 2008 we started playing, but then we started taking, you know, more seriously end of 2008, 2009. What have been some of your goals for your band since day one? Um, I guess just to get a level fan base, you know, just be able to have a, uh, a group of people in whatever city we go to or whatever area we go to that enjoy our music and just uh, keep expanding, you know, definitely expressing a lot of different ideas in our music in terms of like the styles of music that we play um, and also the messages that come across within the lyrics of our songs and the sound too. How do you move forward once your initial goals for starting your band had been achieved? How did we or how do we? Um, or both? or Yeah, both. Okay. Um, I guess it's just about like evaluating like where you are within the band musically and like also within the industry elements itself too because you know it's really a lot about the music but there is like an industry business element to it too so it's just kind of like reevaluating that getting other people to listen to your music hear your music find new ways to have people listen to your music and find your music um bring other people on board to help you who are interested in the music itself and just kind of create like a community within your fans and make it like a conversation when we're talking to them because now we have like social media and all that like i feel like that's the best way to utilize that like everyone says you know get like a facebook or get like a twitter but it's like it's it's about what you do with that and about how you approach talking to your fans and like open up on a conversational level because like they just want to know that you're people they want to have like a friend relationship with bands these days you know what i mean like they don't want to just have like this mythological version of like what a band is you know so but yeah all those things all encompassing those different elements and aspects i would say tell me what kind of band is shadow play like are you hard rockers doing classic rock stuff from like the gnr type days what is your sound uh, I would say it's kind of constantly evolving. Um, I wouldn't really have a set limit on what the sound is. In terms of the first record, uh, Visions, that we just released back in October, I would I would more or less call that rock, uh, alternative, hard rock. Maybe some other parts of it a tad bit experimental, but not really too much, more or less on the rock and the hard rock end of it. But um, I mean, we're writing a lot of new music right now. We're working on about it's probably what, 45 different songs. Um, yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah, about you know forty, forty-five different new songs that range in levels of, you know, musicality. Basically, just post-rock influence, folk influence, experimental influence. You know, more psychedelia, psychedelia influence. So it's kind of like a range of different ideas that we're like kind of figuring out how they work, how we want to express those ideas, and like you know, where we want to mold those different songs into, like, are there different sections of songs that go well together, maybe for possible albums in the future, you know, so it's it's kind of like an 
all encompassing, you know, I keep saying that word again, but it's like, it's just kind of constantly evolving and, you know, we're, we're expanding our musical horizons. Like, you know, every time we play, play music. Did you take a DIY approach with recording your debut album visions? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it was, it was funded by the, uh, you know, the individuals in in the band itself. So, um, I, w- I would say it was pretty D- D- DIY, but in terms of the promotional aspect and the people who were involved in actually getting the music out to other people and getting it heard by more people, um, we, we have a management group that uh, works together um, with the band and myself working together to get the music exposed to the different audiences that we want to get it exposed to. So, um, you know, we work with lots of different people, you know, from our managers from Philadelphia, you know, we have a record label that we're with in North Jersey in Lincoln Park, New Jersey, one in Philadelphia. Um, we're currently working on digital distribution deal with other parties and stuff like that. So, um, we just want to keep on bringing new people in, you know, our booking agents in Chicago. So it's like the internet kind of brings everyone together and has like that common goal a common goal of like getting the band exposure and like getting the band new opportunities and it's about how we show those different opportunities to the different people who are helping within the group and how we like allocate those different jobs to people and uh it's about you know being like together and basically just just moving forward with the project and more effective communication with one another getting into some of your music can you explain how your song the end of all things formed is is Dan here? Like, do you do you want to answer this? The end of all things we want to know about, Dan. Um, can you explain how your song "The End of All Things" formed? I was just jamming around. This that's in one of our older songs. It's really old. Um, yeah. like one of that's like maybe the first like actual shadow play song. We were just jamming around, and I came up with a riff, and John thought it was really cool. And uh, I was just into like a lot of like mainstream alternative and like rock bands at the time. Um, like audio slave. Yeah, we were in all, on a real audio slave kick then, <laughs> and um, like I don't know, just like like Weezer and stuff. And well, I just what, what about the message though? Like what? Like yeah, I'm getting to that. And okay. then like I, you know, I just turned it into a song. I like to, I liked it to be something kind of positive. So like that's kind of like a don't give up kind of vibe to it. I don't know. It's, it's really, that's what that song's about. Was your song "Dark Days" based on anything in any of your personal lives, or was this just kind of like? a fantasy type song where it's not really based on any sort of experience anybody had. You talking about Dark Hour? Oh, yeah, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, Dan also wrote the lyrics to that song too, so I'm going to let Dan talk about that as well. <laughs> the song's inspired by the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Go on about that. Explain. I'm not I don't, yeah, it's another. It's like elaborate. <laughs> like that song continues kind of off the same like tangent that the end of all things has, but like uh, I guess like a different spin on it with like kind of like more of like I don't know sci-fi inspired vibe to it. I don't know. It's kind of yeah. Hard. Like basically, you have a friend that you know is doing a lot of things that you don't really approve of, and they're kind of like ruining themselves. You know, every, everyone yeah. knows the type of, of like con a friend. You know, yeah. like con, if no, you will. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, you have a friend who's basically like you know ruining themselves and making a lot of poor decisions, not thinking about the decisions that they're making. So you know, you kind of recognize this, and you. You want to try to help them, but whatever you try to do to help them, you can't. So it's about them, you know, coming to realize their error of their ways and, you know what I mean, moving forward with their life and, you know, you hoping that they actually see that sometime in the future. Do you feel like you get a, in the song, you get to an ultimatum where it's just like, 
yo, man, I'm sorry. I, I can't wait any longer for you to change. It's like, that's that. Uh, and just move on. I feel like, for me, it's kind of, like, open to interpretation. Like, I, I think, like, the some of the best lyrics are, like, lyrics to be not really interpreted very rigidly and more or less just be open to p- other people's ideas and other people's standpoints in life. Um, so I would I would say for me that it just depends on when I'm listening to it, like when I'm going th- what I'm going through at the time, and I can just kind of like you know project my own ideals that are and experiences at the time like onto the song itself and you know make it apply. You know, would you say much of your music is written about past experiences in your life? I would say a fair amount is written about past experiences of life, but I I think a lot of our songs are also written about like we try to create like characters like in, in like a world, right? Can you say so, John? Like, uh, yeah, just like different stories. Talk into the mic. Uh, different stories and yeah, we just try to like you know think of like different scenarios and different stories that may arise within you know existence or fantasy or something like that, and then just kind of like make our own little worlds like within the song. Tell like v- tell a story using like vivid imagery and you know things of that nature to, to kind of like bring the listener uh, along into a, a a tale, so to speak. Is it kind of like there's one world where all these songs are supposed to take place, or is it just kind of like many, many different worlds for each song? I think it's many different worlds probably based on many different experiences. Uh, the experiences definitely have to do something with, you know, writing the writing about these different worlds and, you know, whether an experience is dark or whether an experience is, you know, evil or happy or sad or depressing, you know, those experiences like play a role in molding and like shaping the world of those particular you know stories and things that we're trying to uh convey like in 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 the song hearing like a phoenix i feel like i can really hear some influence from say gnr's yesterdays if your music collection got destroyed but you were only able to save five albums what albums would you each save with only one album per band one album per member you mean or i mean just you can't pick like say uh Oh, okay. Three albums from the same band. It's right. gonna be like, hmm, five albums. All right, wait. I got five albums. Um, Sgt. Pepper's, Beatles. Sgt. Pepper's, yeah. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Ra- uh, OK Computer. OK Computer. Yeah. Um, the other two are a little bit more of a toss-up. Uh, American Beauty, Grateful Dead. This is more or less John's view of it. Yeah. So this, I, this I, might, I might have a little bit more of a different interpretation. Yeah. yeah. It rocked to get all you guys out yeah. on this question. Oh, and the the newest Fleet Foxes album, probably. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Helpless, helplessness Blues, right? Yeah. That was good stuff. Um, I would say for me, uh, definitely I'm with the Sgt. Peppers. Uh, Zeppelin IV. Um, I would say Soundgarden, Down on the Upside. I don't know if you've ever listened to that album, but uh, Soundgarden is a big influence of mine. So um, I would definitely have to mention them in there. Uh, Rage Against Machine I like a lot. Uh, my favorite album by them is probably Battle for Los Angeles. Um, I'm trying to think of other bands. I can, I can. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Russian Circles lately, but I don't really know if that really, you know, applies to our music genre. It's kind of like more of a, a different kind of a thing, you know. So I would, I would only have to give four at this point. <laughs> would anybody else uh, care to give uh, their favorite four or five albums? Um, just it could be any music. Um, anything. Just don't repeat the same band twice. Okay, that sounds cool. Um. Usual Illusion 2 by Guns N' Roses, uh, Visual Audio Sensory Theater by Vast, um, Cross by Justice, mm. F-Sharp, A-Sharp, Infinity by Godspeed, You Black Emperor, and 
the Hazards of Love by the Decemberist. Oh, yeah. oh, we forgot to mention the Hazards of Love, one of our favorites. A band <laughs> favorite, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, about... Ooh, Mugwai, too. You gotta put a Mugwai album in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> about how far from... Uh, uh, that song's Aspirations. Uh, John, did you want to kind of explain like a little bit of Aspirations for the listening oh, um, audience? So, uh, that, that song is more or less about the things that uh, we aspire to be in our lives and, you know, reflecting on those things. And I don't know. It, it's sort of like coming to terms with the things that you can achieve in your life and the things that you can't. And, and partially, that can be a difficult, you know, personal experience. So I guess the song's mostly about that. Yeah. I would say that experience is kind of constantly evolving, too. You know what I mean? It's just, it never, like, reaches, like, an end. You know what I mean? It's always just changing and new things are becoming realized, but... Let's hear that song now.
This is Rat Skate of Overkill. You're listening to WMSC 90.3.
Yo, we're back, and uh, I've got Shadowplay in the house, and I think they're almost ready to uh, do some live songs. Andrew, what do you say about that? Sounds marvelous. Okay. We're ready to start performing now as soon as we're ready to go. So this first song I'm going to play for you is called Boy's Fantasy.
song was called boys fantasy that's um that's we're working on a second record right now even though we just released this and we're working on a bunch of new music too after the second record um but that song is definitely going to be one of the tunes on the second album uh as well you know look forward to that sometime in the next sometime we're not really sure but um you can check all our current music out at shadowplayrockandroll.com um and this next song we're going to play for you is called autumn sky so, um, but yeah, we have a Facebook page. We're on Twitter. You can follow us at Shadow Play Rock. We'll definitely be free to give you a follow back if that's what you're looking forward to. Um, got some cool tunes we posted up on there. Got videos up online at www.youtube.com backslash Shadow Play Rock and Roll or forward slash Shadow Play Rock and Roll. Um, and we're on this new uh, digital distribution service called Monkey Bars where you can make money by uh, sharing music on there, which we'll explain a little later once we get into the interview portion, I guess, right? Would that fit? Um, so, yeah, this next song we're going to play for you is called Autumn Sky. It's probably one of our older songs, and it's track, uh, I believe, six or seven on our album. There's a lot of songs. There's like ten songs on there, so I'm not really quite sure at the at this current juncture. But, uh, yeah, it's at this current juncture with me not having the album in my hand. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, um, it it kind of fits in with Like a Phoenix and the storyline that goes along with that, too. You know, you're chasing after someone you want to be with, and, uh, you know, you really want to be part of their life, but, you know, it doesn't really work out that way. The song's called Autumn Sky.
upon the trees Does it remind me of when you and I Did all the changing leaves Someday the leaves will fall Lay on the ground they will die And the thought of you will be with You in the autumn sky
Sky by Shadowplay, who we are. You guys can check us out at uh, shadowplayrockandroll.com. Uh, this next song we're going to play for you is a brand new song. Uh, the lyrics are partially uh, written um, about the tragic hurricane that has hit our state um, in the past couple of months here back in October. So... Mm-hmm. This song goes out to all those people who were affected by that and are currently still being affected by that extraordinarily uh, tragic um, state of circumstances. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this track. And uh, this is the first time we're ever playing it. It's in its entirety on the air for you guys tonight. So uh, we will play it for you. So we're going to play it for you in a second. We have some shows coming up in New Jersey as well. As I get those out here, we're going to be in Garwood, New Jersey at Crossroads for a Hurricane Sandy benefit on the 26th. And we're going to get to some more shows later after we do the interview as well. having some technical difficulties here. Please bear with us while we figure these out. No, should be alright. You guys can start playing the song now. No way to rebuild, no, we got to 
this past and build this ocean city. Now that when we know this now, we'll go back to our towns. Oh, be So I guess we can kind of take a break, play a track from the album, and we'll come back with the interview. What do you recommend playing, Andrew? Uh, how about we play track? I don't know, guys. What do you What do you guys want to play off the record? Well, how about How about we play track five? This is track five. Off Shadow plays album. I guess. Get the chairs going here. Coax the rest of the members into the interview. But anyway, so let's talk about how your uh, live uh, performance came off. All right. I'm with you. All right. Okay, now, Andrew, with your live set, pretty much, was there mostly songs from your album Visions or a lot of uh, new stuff that you're saving for the next album? Um, I'd say that was pretty much new stuff that we're saving for the next record, except for the second track that we played. That was on our album Visions. Uh, the track is Autumn Sky. Um, that's probably one of our older songs that we have. So um, we've been playing that one for a while. So it, like for me, like songs don't really get old too much. It's just kind of like each time you play it is like its own new experience you know you hear that a lot from artists but it's like a totally it's like the same vibe but like there's different things that happen different thoughts that it triggers in your head like, like every time you play a song so it's kind of like you if you approach it in like an open-minded way it's like a new song every time so with the way you were saying that i was thinking in my mind is there like particular like unique nuances 
to your songs every time you play them that it's like it's the same song but you're doing maybe something different with it every time mm, i would say occasionally that there is like yeah. different you know sections or like not really sections but like different nuances within the song maybe different notes are played sometimes or something like that stuff. sometimes right add different things definitely in. like w- with the piano songs we have with john when john plays piano and ed switches over to the bass um there's definitely a lot of nuance in terms of john's piano uh playing so um yeah i'd say like it varies depending on the song but i just feel like every time we play it it's like a new place or like it's a new area or it's like a new sound, you know what I mean? So it's new environment. It's a new yeah, it's like a new environment. Right. So it's like it brings up new ideas in your head, like different lighting and stuff like that. So that all triggers different emotions and different feelings. So I I think that's one of the things that keeps like the music really vital to uh the the performance process, you know. Now, typically, do most of your songs have pretty much the same length, give or take 5 or 10 seconds or is it just kind of sometimes you're like Yo, I'm going to add an extra minute or two to this song just because I feel like it. Um, we don't really do, like, add extra, like, minutes on the songs, like, live, okay. really. Um, I wouldn't say we really do that too no. much, right? Are talking about live or just the live? Like, talking about yeah, live. live. Yeah, live. Um, no, we never add. No, we don't really add too much. I mean, we're not, I guess we're not really opposed to that, like, depending on the song and the environment, you know? Um, if it's like a new I, crowd, I mean, we'll usually yeah. play what's on the record so they get an idea of what we sound like live now. Right, and then they know what's on the CD. When we're in a more familiar area like, you know, Philly or maybe New York, somewhere around like deep East Coast, and that's where we usually take some of the songs. We might mix up a verse or two here and there, but uh, we don't do anything, you know, drastic to where we could confuse each other and get lost completely. And right. So, yeah. you know, we keep that balance. We're not we're not like a jam band, so right. to speak. Yeah, you know no. what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> we, we like to jam. We do like to jam, but like when we play live, we usually keep to the structure of the right. songs most yeah. of the time. But like we change little things like within the structure of itself. You know what I mean? Like different note or and a guitar solo or like, you know, like a different like note on the piano or bass or something. So it keeps it interesting, keeps it, you know, vital. Now, what would you say are your favorite venues to play at? Oh, we just played the World Cafe recently. Uh, that was a really awesome venue. And now, we actually, where is that? It's uh, in Wa- on Walnut Street in Philadelphia. We actually live about, like, so what, 25 minutes away from Philly? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, we're not 15. Well, yeah. maybe not for you. For me, yeah, I live like for 15. Not for, I'm, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm right near the bridge. So yeah. I mean. It depends It depends <laughs> on which one of the members drive, and right. it also yeah. depends on, like... If it's me, yeah. usually, if it's, if it's him, yeah. It's always a drummer that gets stuck with the guys, but I don't mind it because <laughs> I got the bugle and everything. Right. I got the room for it, so I always right. tell him, like, I got extra space. Right, I'm in going the to Philly especially. I know how much of a pain in the neck it is to get a parking spot over there, so... Right, right. You know... Makes it easier for two people to drive. That way, if one gets lost, the other can compensate for the guys that are already there. Right, right. So we kind of divide ourselves. I would say um, that <laughs> some of my other venues, that we, favorite venues that we've played with, I'd say like the Trocadero Theater in Philadelphia when we played the main stage on main there. Main stage, That oh, had yeah. like a special kind of a feeling. There was like a couple hundred people who saw us play there. Um, I really like, you know, like I said, World Cafe a lot. I'm trying to think of some of the venues when we were touring that were really fun. Uh, we have a lot of fans out in Finley, Ohio, which is like the western, uh, western central part of Ohio. So about like an hour and a half from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, but yeah, we have like a lot of people out there, and we play this place called Avenue Q. The two times we've been out there, and the first time we played out there, maybe we had like you know twenty or twenty people who like really dug the music when we were playing out of like the whole place that was like filled. Um, 
So when we went out there the second time, there was like 70 people who like came to come see us play in Ohio. It's like 10 hours away. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It was like, it was like all shock. Like we were in this house with some of our fans and we were like, you know, staying there with them. And like, you know, we just walk out from practicing in like a room that they had given us to practice in. And like, you know, there's like 30 people in this like one little room. Like, Hey, we're going to your show. Like I've never met any of you. Okay. Awesome. Like, (laughs) so that was really fun. Um, like playing that place. Um, trying to think, uh, well, I'd like to play some more places in Chicago once we're on tour. Like we didn't get a chance to play out there last time we were on the tour. Um, trying to think of some other cool places. The Nick in Birmingham had this like interesting, like little, um, like disheveled, like decrepit feeling to it, you know? So it was like, it was like we were walking around there and it's like, you know, you see all these stickers all over the place. Like you guys actually have like kind of like a cool format in here, like for your stickers and your records and stuff like that. Like theirs was like, you know, a bunch of stickers and records and like booze and stuff like that, but like really trashy looking, but in a fun, like kind of rock and roll way. So I remember like, you know, there was like scaffolding like on the stage when we were playing. So it was like, you know, I like to just go all out crazy. Like whenever we play a show live, except for when I'm in here and I only have like two inches of space like in front of me. Otherwise I'd be like on the floor, you know, doing somersaults and yeah. God knows what else. And some other yeah. moves that you some actually other... probably have names for that we don't know. I don't really, yet, but... actually that's probably my next step. I need to get some names for like the moves you do. that I have or something. You need to market some of really, moves. Yeah. We need to like take pictures of copyright each move <laughs> and copyright them and like, you know, like do some like sync licensing with them in movies and stuff. That would be cool. But, um, anyway, away from that ridiculous tangent. Um, yeah, I would say that it's just kind of like a bunch of different stuff. You know, like I, I like, I like a lot of different venues. A venue we want to play in Philly is electric factory or the TLA. Like that would be really cool if we got to open up for somebody there. So electric factory, if you're listening in shadow, play rock and roll.com. <laughs> now you guys, you have like an insane amount of street teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why don't you have just one? Okay. Why don't we have just one? Well, they're specific to the area. I don't know if you've noticed. Mm. So, like, basically, like, we try to, like, start up conversations with people who, like, are in particular areas that we want to be known in or we want to, yeah. you know, be – of course, you want to be known everywhere. But there's certain places, you know, we want to have a presence in more than others. So we just try to look for, like, you know, bands that are up and coming or bigger – who have like fans in those areas and just kind of like talk to those bands, talk to different people in those areas online through social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. And then just talk to them and then just have conversations with them and then ask them if they want to check out the music. Most of the time they say they want to check it out. So then they check out the music and then, you know, a decent amount of them get back to us saying they like it You know, have them start up street teams. And then like, you know, would you mind telling your friends about this? Uh, do you want to start a street team? Like, I don't know. That sounds complicated. Like all you got to do is just start Facebook and just tell your friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. And then most people are like, oh, really? That's it? Oh, yeah. It's such so a it's, social beat out there today yeah. with all the websites that you have going, all the social right. networks and everything. So if you can get like a little advocate in every yeah. area for your particular message and your music and stuff like that, it becomes a lot more easy to like, you know, navigate those particular areas and like for listeners to be able to like weed through all the stuff and not even to get every single listener in that area, but just to be able to get 20 people or 30 people. And then maybe those 20 or 30 people tell, like, they're 20 or 30 people or 10, 20 people. And, you know what I mean? And then yeah. it just kind of, like, spreads through, like, this organic, like, word of mouth. Like, 
our thing is just like we just want to create a conversation on shadow play you know what i mean it's all about creating and facilitating a conversation and i feel like a lot of the ways that like media markets try to market and position their products and yeah. stuff like that tends to be a kind of like bland approach where it's just like bleh here's everything that we have and like it's directed at everyone and then with people being able to like have conversations online and interact with people immediately like from anywhere in the world like i think you're going to see a a greater shift in like the paradigm of like communicating online and through marketing and stuff like that where people actually take the time to talk to people and stuff like that because that's the way to really get noticed by people is to show that you have you know care about them and they'll show that care for you you know how do you handle street teams where um they're in other countries and the people don't speak English there. Um, Google Translator is a really good friend. Uh, I would say that. Yeah. Uh, Google Translator is pretty good. Um, yeah. And that, and uh, you know, Rosetta you just Stone. You know, it's it's most of them actually. Believe it or not, a lot of people in other countries that you wouldn't think of know how to speak English, or at least like a, have a basic knowledge of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Well, so, yeah, um, a little portion of people. That basically, speak we give whoever runs the street team. They either know English know some amount of English or we use Google Translator to communicate with them after they listen to our music um, and then from then they convey that message that we give to them with the music or the video or the you know picture or whatever we're trying to convey to the public you know in that particular area like we we talk to them and then they convey that message in whatever language is native to that particular area you know what I mean so that it seems like it's a natural occurrence and a fluent thing because if you're like in indonesia or something and then you got your indonesia street team posting in english everyone's gonna be like why aren't you posting in our language you know what i mean so it's like you get them to post in it and you just kind of like just be have converse with people you know what i mean that's the, that's the that's the one thing we try to do is just talk to people you know do you ever follow say the uh currency conversions where it's like i know in japan it's like 90 yen to the dollar and it's kind of like just do you focus more on like looking at how um the dollar to the yen or different currencies is at um, all? Uh I wouldn't say uh, I until you just brought that up like yeah. I don't I, I haven't really researched any of that, you know, other yeah. than England because I'm going there for a few weeks like next mm. year, but other than that like I haven't really researched and that doesn't really play a factor in my decision making in particular areas that I want to get involved in like I just I kind of look at the trends of that particular area and like you know maybe look at the trends of particular artists who are like similar style music to us in that area and then just see like if they like that kind of music or if they have a lot yeah. of fans from that area and then if they do then I'll like talk to them accordingly it's not really like a money thing it's yeah. it's about getting the music out and conveying the message first and then if people like the message like the money will come you know what I mean they'll come eventually you know now like we're in the 2010s now how much promotion for your band actually happens physically with posting up flyers around cities versus like Facebook, Twitter, Reverb Nation, and all that. We do focus a lot on social media, I'm not going to mm. lie. We do yeah. focus on that because that's where kind of like everyone is nowadays, and it's a very direct, especially Twitter. It's Especially Twitter. It's a very direct way to communicate with people one-on-one -on -one conversationally in a very quick, timely fashion. That And, you know, I could whip out my phone and just start sending out tweets and bang out 50 tweets to people in like an hour. You know what I mean? So it's like you can do that. And I can communicate with anyone in the world. That being said, though, there still is a place for like that 
going on the street, hitting up the flyers, you mm. know what I mean? Posting the flyers on the cars or like, you know, when we played in New York, like we put a bunch of flyers everywhere, you know, like all around NYU, like near where we were playing. And, you know, we, actually what our street teams do, before we came to Ohio, I had sent them a digital file of a, of a flyer. So this is kind of combining like the social media aspect and the flyer aspect that you're talking about. So I sent them like a, um, you know, like a digital PDF file on through Facebook of, of this, you know, flyer that I had made in InDesign. And I sent that to them and then they basically printed out a bunch of copies of it and distributed it around the town. So instead of me mailing it, having to mail a bunch of flyers, then print them out, spend the money to mail it. They, you know, went to their local library or, you know, college or whatever and printed out a bunch of different flyers and put them up near where the venue was. And since they are from the town and know about the town and stuff like that, they're able to have a more, like, efficient idea of, like, mm. where the best places are to strategically put the flyers so more people will see them. How did you devise that idea? What's that? The street teams and stuff? No, no. I mean, just, like, getting a PDF file and then, like, sending it to people in a particular area to, like, print out and distribute around that town. Well, I think the thing is, like, we want to – we focus more on the street teams now, less internationally, just because that's still, like, a ways away. Like, you need to bring out, like, your fan base in, like, the East Coast, the Midwest, the South. Like, that's kind of where we're focusing a lot of our energy now is, like, the East Coast, you know, New York, Philadelphia, locally, regionally, Baltimore, stuff like that. And also, like, you know, north, like, you know, Boston, Vermont, stuff like that. We have some street teams up there that are going pretty good. And then the Midwest seems to be what's taken off the most right now recently. We've been out to Ohio, at St. Louis. People like us out there. We have people that we stay with out there who enjoy our music. So, I mean, it's about finding the right people in the right area. The right people is in, like, the people who like your music. Yeah. And the people who, like, would like that particular genre, who are younger particularly, you want to target younger people because these are the people who have more time, most of the time on their hands, are able to, like, you know, be more efficient about getting the word out and have more people that they know most of the time, have more of a network going on. So, um, you know, target younger people and then just if they like it and then you want to have them come to the area, just have them talk to the venue first before you even do. Then the venue's like, wow, you know, this band from New Jersey is, you know, having fans out here in Ohio call me and talk to me about having them at their show. Like, they must be able to bring some amount of people, like, into my club. You know what I mean? So it's they're worth giving some sort of a shot on. So I feel like that's the, the strategy we're kind of pulling for now, like, more like a flanking strategy, like no one else is doing it. So we're going to do it. You know what I mean? Now, like, you've um, gone around to various parts of uh, the country – how prevalent have you seen the pay-to-play type uh, stuff where it's like you need to sell like 50 or 100 tickets or something like that to be able to perform at whatever club that night? I would say we did do that a lot in the beginning. We did do a lot more of that ticket stuff yeah. in the beginning because like it's kind of like you have to like at a certain point you have to build your badges like you have to like earn your stripes and like you know, be able to, like, show people that you can bring a few people into the club. Right. But now we kind of, like, exclusively, unless it's a really good opportunity, like, we don't really like to do the ticket thing. And we had a booking agent for the tour. So what they did was they would hook us up with different bands in the area that were playing who that club would know would draw people when the first time we were playing, when we didn't have that much of a, you know, people digging our music out in those areas. And we would have them, you know, talk to the club and, you know, 
have them set up the show, and then have us do that. And then after that, we would try to find people in that area who we feel like might like our music based on the other bands that they listen to or the other music they like and the fact that they were in the area too and then kind of promote it like that. Yeah, let's just uh, play a song just so I can switch uh, CDs. Yeah, sure. Um, tell me uh, what song you want to hear. Um, let's give, uh, we've played a decent amount of these so far. Let's give Clock Tower a shot. What? Track seven. Clock Tower by Shadowplay.
Welcome back. This is Andrew Corkery with Shadowplay. You were just listening to the recorded version of vi- of uh, Autumn Sky on our debut album, Visions. This song we're about to play for you now is called These Drops. Um, this song, I guess we were listening to a lot of this band called Slint. We wrote this song. Uh, so it's influenced by that, definitely. Um, kind of a depressive song. A little bit of psychedelia going on, too, as well. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. You guys can check us out at shadowplayrockandroll.com um, and then check out the album for free streaming at backslash music. Um, and then you can check out the Facebook page at www.facebook.com uh, forward slash shadowplayrockandroll, youtube.com forward slash shadowplayrockandroll. You can tweet us at shadowplayrock as well too. And we have our website shadowplayrockandroll.com. So... Hope you guys enjoyed this song, and we're gonna continue the interview section with Nick uh, once we come back on the once we come back on the radio here for the interview section. Right now, we're gonna play the song called "These Drops."
names of my Lord He has been out in vain And so he stays in me well My Lord laughs at me from hell I keep on calling out your names of my Lord He has been out in vain And so these days in me well My Lord laughs at me from hell drops you can check out online performances of that tune at various venues around the country at www.youtube.com backslash shadow play rock and roll links to that are on shadowplayrockandroll.com so we're gonna go ahead and get the interview set up i'm gonna let nick talk as we do that excellent thanks andrew you have any final words uh about that last uh live cut Might be good to let John talk about that since he wrote the song. So, John, come over here for a second. So, um, that song is called These Drops, and it's, uh, uh, I guess it was mostly like a personal experience about my first year of college, which was, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I suffered from a lot of depression during that period of my life. So, like, it was 
I was having a lot of panic attacks at the time and uh, a very like isolated feeling. So the song, like as best as I could, tried to capture the feeling, you know, of that period of my life. So it's about the drop, you know, the drops that we uh, we experience in our day to day lives, you know. How metaphorical drops, yes. if you will. <laughs> How old is this song? Um, I guess we've been playing it for about a year and a half, right? Maybe a little less than that. Um, I wrote it uh, two years ago, right around this time. So, so, I mean, it took you know, it took a while for the band to get it down and everything. Yeah. So. But yeah, I would. S- that's probably one of my favorite songs to perform live. It has a lot of different, uh, various textures to it, and. Lots of different modes and sections of the song that really make it feel like it has a lot of depth to it, you know, which I really enjoy. And that's 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 kind of what our newer music is getting towards. Some some of the stuff on the album and lo- all basically all of our new music that we're working on right now as well, which you can find a lot of videos of online at youtube.com backslash shadowplayrockandroll. Um, but yeah, basically it's just getting to like that keep building on the music and keep building on ideas and like never letting them like subside and like having having like the music reach like ultimate like climaxes within the songs themselves and like within the albums and the the collections of songs as we're playing live so people like want more of it you know so just kind of building it towards now, that in your music is it kind of like one or two people compose all the music or is it kind of like a five person effort um, I guess. Well, well, right now, um, Dan and I compose. Each of us will compose the majority of the song. But I mean, when we show it to the people, a lot of changes. You know, a lot of the a lot of the song changes, and as we incorporate it with the rest of the band, and you know, I'll, like I'll work on if I've written lyrics for the song or something, I'll work on it with Andrew. You know, trying to get a melody, and then we'll think about harmonies together and stuff. So. Now, with your new distribution platform, Monkey Bars. Um, how did you get acquainted with them? Um, basically, that's an interesting story. Um, I guess interesting, depending on what your definition is of interesting. But, <laughs> but um, as in not really. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, kind of is for me. I guess other people might find it to be interesting as well. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically, but I don't, and you probably won't either. <laughs> so lame. Um, but yeah. Um, monkey bars. I got like some random email mm-hmm. one day. I guess I was on. I'm on a lot of different music industry mailing lists. I have our yeah. band mail account set to that. Uh, different articles um, about different things that are going on in the music industry, so you can stay informed about what's happening within the industry, so you can make like you know the best choices available for you as an artist and for you as a business. You know. So um, well, why don't you describe what it is? Basically, monkey bars is uh, a site where people can go online just like iTunes or like Spotify or something like that. Basically it combines the best things I feel about iTunes and Spotify. So it's the ability to share your music with the people that who you're acquainted with or who you enjoy, your friends, um, and also the ability to purchase that music. With Spotify right now, you have you, you have to get a certain amount of plays in order to get paid as an artist. So buy Spotify because you have to have a certain amount of streams because people yeah. don't buy music on there. It's just streaming. So you have to hit a 10,000 stream mark in order to get paid. <laughs> so we just, like, hit that. So we just got paid from them, like, I don't know, like a month ago or something like that. And we've had it on there since, like, they started up, you know, their thing. But, like, 10,000 plays is, like, a lot. So 
Uh, basically, mo what Monkey Bars tries to do, it tries to pay, it tries to reward the fans who support the music that they love. Because we all know, like, without the fans, without the following, without the people, you know, none of the music gets heard. You know what I mean? It all falls on deaf ears. You know what I mean? So, Monkey Bars tries to make a community approach out of it and reward the fans who share the music. So, basically, what it is is, I have a little thing right here. Um, you get paid for sharing Shadowplay's music online using the new digital, digital distribution interface, Monkey Bars. Um, it's easy. only takes one, three steps. Basically, you go on the website, create an account on, on the Monkey Bars site. Uh, it takes literally like a second. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Facebook login interface, but basically when, whenever you go to like a new site, you can log in using all your Facebook information. So you just click login with Facebook. It takes five seconds for them to register that. And then you create your account. You know, you name it. It comes up as you, as you would on Facebook with your picture. It takes all of that information. Um, and then basically, once you're logged in, you share the link provided uh, by Shadowplay on any and all of your social media platforms. So you take that link that we have on our, for our Shadowplay Visions album, and you put it up uh, online on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Tumblr, on your Flickr, on your whatever, you know, insert social media platform here. So you basically share it on there, and for every single person that buys our music from your link that you posted on any and all your social media platforms, you get paid $4 for every single person that buys it off of there. So say you have, you know, people like what you have to say about music. People enjoy your musical opinion. They enjoy your musical taste. So, you know, you have 10 people on there that buy the link off of uh but that buy the album off of your link yeah. so then you get paid like 40 bucks and then you can either use that money to buy more music on monkey bars or you can cash that as a check and have it sent to your house and be paid to share music that you already enjoy so more information on that is available on uh www.monkeybars.net and uh the information where you can access our album visions online on monkey bars is available at www.shadowplayrockandroll.com uh, backslash music. So, and there's a detailed list of steps. I mean, it's not very detailed. Like I just explained yeah. to you right now, it's three steps. Log in, share, get paid. You know, log in, someone buys the music, share, get paid. You know, so. What is next for you guys? Um, are you working on getting this next album out or planning on hitting up a uh, regional tour? Um, say both. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we, we actually just got back from Ohio. Uh, we were there back in, uh, a couple weeks ago, or beginning of January. Um, and we played out there for the, for the second time in Finley, Ohio, and we had a really good response out there, wouldn't you say, John? Righteous. Righteous. And as non-sarcastic as possible. But, um, anyway, yeah, it was a really good time, and, um, you know, we definitely have a lot more fans out there than we did before we played out there a second time and, you know, before we even came out there first time. So um, definitely want to keep touring, you know, once the summer rolls around, like to do that. We're going to do some regional shows in uh, March. We're going to go up to Boston and Vermont, so uh, play for our street teams up there. And then we're also going to uh, try to possibly go out to Ohio again, maybe in May or, you know, April, somewhere around there. And then we're oh, gonna yeah, for uh, Comfest, right? Yeah, and we're gonna, tr gonna play uh, this festival. We're trying to get on the bill for this festival called Comfest in Columbus, which involves about 150 artists 
from all over the uh, Midwest and the East Coast. What is it, a three- or four-day... Uh, yeah, it's a three- or four-day festival that's in Columbus, and there's like tens of thousands of people, yeah, tens of thousands people, people it, so. that go to it. Sounds cool. So uh, a lot of our fans out in Finley, Ohio, is probably about I guess, an hour and a half away from Columbus. So um, a lot of them suggested that we you know, try to get on the bill for that, so they're going to be you know, posting on their Facebook page, making a whole campaign for us to play that show so looking forward to that definitely appreciate their support on that one um so yeah, definite shout out to finley ohio shout out to finley ohio all the wonderful people out there that yeah let us stay yeah let us stay in their house and support our music really nice. graciously yeah. and you know it was, it was a great time special thanks to Allie. yeah special thanks to Allie. and you know everyone who supports shadow play and everyone who you know you for having us yeah. on this show you know like you know it's it's mm-hmm. all a team effort it's yeah. a collective it's a collective effort so Hopefully in the summer we can do some more touring, uh, some more, like maybe do like a two-week thing. That would be cool, like we did last summer uh, where we got to the Midwest. Uh, we want to definitely hit, start hitting up the Midwest a lot more because that seems where a lot of uh, the energy for Shadow Play is. Anything maybe in Indiana? Uh, yeah, we do have a street team there. So, I mean... Um, Actually, we played a pretty good show there uh, during the tour, right? Wasn't that Indiana? Or? That was Illinois. Oh, Illinois. Okay. Yeah. We played I, get, this I get the I states mixed up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of states in the union. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we we played out in Illinois. We played this show in South Elgin. That was really fun. It was like this little bar. It was... Uh, I actually forget the name of it off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, it was really fun. And there was this really, like... I guess I would describe him as a belligerent drunk. This guy will go down in shadow play history as the belligerent drunk, drunk from Illinois. Yeah, he was. Um, we, we, we must keep talk going. About, keep going. We must. We must talk about him. Like you know, we must. We must give a shout out to that belligerent individual. individual. <laughs> yeah. uh, special place in the shadow play heart. Uh, yeah, definitely. While we were playing like various songs, you know, in the set, we probably played for I don't know, like an hour, hour and ten minutes that night, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We played for a fair amount, and we were playing, and this guy would just come up to me while I was singing, and he would just like start singing, with start us singing like, with me, <laughs> put, his put, put his arm around me, arm around me as I was singing, go up and try to touch John's bass as he was playing, <laughs> and he's just like, and we're just looking at this guy, and we're like, is is anyone gonna do anything about this? really really incredibly astronomically drunk individual right now <laughs> so but astronomically drunk astronomically drunk that means a lot a lot of drunk john as, as opposed to astrologically drunk what does that mean it Enlight- doesn't mean anything it's like astronomically drunk <laughs> what do you wow. mean it doesn't mean anything <laughs> anyway so we were playing this show out there and this guy was just really, really drunk, and he ended up getting kicked out at the end of the night. Yeah. He was just like, he ended up getting kicked out, and we like gave him a CD. He's like, I got my CD, man! And he just like goes wandering out, straight on his ass, you know, whatever. Can I say that? Keep going. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, it, overall the tour was really mostly pretty good success, you know. And even the, the shows that weren't really as, as good as we would like them to be, we definitely learned a lot from them and what we can help try to do better to help maybe increase the chances of them being better next time. You, know, you, you know, never have it be 100%, but you can always try a little you bit You need harder. to get in contact with that guy, and he could create, like, his own belligerent drunk street team. <laughs> <laughs> have, like, just, 50 just people like him. Like belligerently show. drunk Shadow Play street yeah, team. Yeah, belligerently <laughs> drunk Shadow Play street team. Are you? <laughs> just think of, like, I'm 50 down. people I'm at a show totally like down with that. I'm going to find that guy on Facebook. Actually, I'm friends with one of his friends who liked <laughs> yeah. our Facebook page after we yeah. played at the venue. 
And, uh, you know, he gave a comment there, and he was talking about his friend, the belligerent drunk, and I think he tagged him <laughs> in it. He tagged him in it, but for fear of the belligerentness being transferred to me, I didn't add him. Well, I so, assume um, that while sober, he's... A little bit more hey, in his a, right A little mind. bit more delightful, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was plenty delightful when you were playing. It was more oh, yeah. afterwards. <laughs> yeah, he was just... Uh, he'll go down on it. Actually, you know how I should join that little belligerent drunk street team? Is that a woman from the, uh, the VF, VF, VFW, yeah, the VFW show that we played two years ago. Yeah. Two or three years ago, I think it was. To, uh, <laughs> who, who went about hitting on me and Dan by telling us that she was older than both of our moms. Wow. <laughs> 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 If that doesn't say I want to get in your pants, I don't know what does. <laughs> now that's classy. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then she went on stage with, like, her... She had a boyfriend there, too, oddly enough. Playing, she was really yeah. that... Who was playing in the <laughs> show. <laughs> and proceeded then, to kick her down. Proceeded to kick her in the, <laughs> in the butt as we were standing there, you yeah, know? that was pretty funny. And then she just kind of, like, stood there like a, you know, a dazed drunk and just, uh, you know, it was rather funny, but... We, we, have, we have a history with... With interesting individuals uh, encountering shadow play and and uh, ourselves in general, you know, wouldn't you say, John? Yeah. Do you find you make more money off of like the belligerent drunks than the sober people? Money? What money? When you sell your albums. Sell uh, albums. Yeah. Like at shows. <laughs> yeah, we do. F- so we sell a fair amount of CDs at the shows, depending on the show. Um, I would say that if they're drunk. They're probably more inclined to spend money. Yeah, I would, I would, I would leave it at that. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I would neither confirm nor deny. Hey, kids, <laughs> if you're coming to a shadow play show, liquor up. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> and I guess finishing. Kids who off. are over twenty-one. <laughs> Thank you. Or have a cool fake ID. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're all for it. <laughs> now. Tell me some shows you have coming up just to finish things off. Don't listen to Tim in the background if you can hear him. He has no idea what he's talking about. Okay. Um, Speaking of belligerent drunks. Oh, uh, yeah. Our drummer. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, no. He's just belligerent, not drunk. Uh, <laughs> Completely sober. Yeah. Uh, our show that we have coming up fairly soon is in um, Garwood, New Jersey. I don't know if you know what that is. About 40 minutes uh, west, south of here. Um, mm. So it's at this place called Ca- Crossroads, and this show is actually a uh, Hurricane Sandy benefit show, um, and it's all all the money raised goes towards the charity who are you know helping out those people who are like you know really in dire straits right now and you yeah. know bad situations. So um, whatever we can do to help out that cause, especially since it's so close to home, definitely want to yeah. help that out. Um, more information on that charity is actually available. At uh, www.shoresunited.org, um, so um, you can check out all that information out out there. And then we'll be at Crossroads on January 26th in Garwood, New Jersey. So more information on that is also available on our website under the events tab, shadowplayrockandroll.com. So and then we're doing um, our next show after that would be on. <laughs> I got, you gotta excuse me here, listening audience, because our drummer Tim is attempting to steal a piece of beef jerky right now that is under my butt. So, <coughs> it's fairly interesting. Butt jerky. Butt jerky. Butt jerky. Uh, anyway, it'll be a perfect opportunity to play our new song, which is actually... Called Butt Jerky. No, um, no. Sandy Eyes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> partially, <laughs> yeah. partially as a, uh, a, a tribute, or, or not, not as a tribute, as a... 
What's the word? Love for beef jerky? No, not love no, for beef no, jerky. No, no, for the victims. For, for the oh, victims so you hate beef jerky? Oh, not, for the victims of beef jerky. No, uh, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the victims of Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I wish I hadn't laughed after saying that. That was your fault. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. No, but that's honestly a really serious, uh, you know, tragedy. Yeah, those people are in dire straits. So we need to. We need to help not, them. Not the all, band, Dire Straits, all, of course. <laughs> all, all the money is going towards uh, helping those people. There's about seven bands playing. We're going to hit the stage around 8 o'clock. Um, and like I said, more so, information yeah. is available that on our Definitely website. Definitely come check that out. Support, you know. Yeah, support a good saw, good good cause. Um, and then after that, we're going to be back at the um, World Cafe. Except this time we're going to be downstairs at the main room. So um, we're we playing with that night, you know? We're playing with a bunch of different bands. A couple of them are still soon to be announced. So to be announced. So what do we what do we say, John? When something's to be announced, we want people to check that out at our website, which is www.shadowplayrockandroll.com. There you go, www. If you didn't Woo! hear that, <laughs> all right. Tim's in the background packing up his drums from our performance. He's a loud drum packer. <laughs> loud drum packer. Back to the belligerent thing. Rock uh, and roll. <laughs> okay, he's suddenly over here now. Okay. Um, Get him to buy one of your albums, man. Yeah, right? Uh, so we're going to be at, on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, we're actually going to be downstairs at the World Cafe in Philadelphia. More information is available on that. You know, the website, shadowplayrockandroll.com. All that good jazz. Um, and then February, February, what the hell am I saying? Um, April 19th, we're going to be playing in Long Branch, New Jersey at the Brighton Bar for the first time. So we're playing over there with a couple of regional acts. And, and that better be a good show because Porcupine Tree was playing that day, and I'm not going to get to see Porcupine Tree now, so. Mwah. It's on your head, Andrew. That's not a good show. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to see how that turns out. So if you're listening in, live near Long Branch or know anyone that lives over there, feel free to check that out. We'll be at the Brighton Bar then. And we'll also be announcing some more shows, too, in the future, regional shows, touring, stuff like that, uh, which you can check out at shadowplayrockandroll.com. Um, so... Yeah, and we got up Facebook and all that. So, do we have any more questions to do or? Um, no. no. Um, do you guys you got have anything a- on the fly you want to ask us now after meeting us or anything? Hmm. Hmm. Seriously though, when will a song about Cactus Pete's beef jerky be created? Cactus Beets? Pete's Pete's beef jerky. Um, you know that beef jerky that everybody's been I would like say crazy Cactus Pete's. It's really great. Cactus Pete's is really great. Gonna check out that Cactus Pete's beef jerky. Here we go. Done. Got the jingle. Where's my 10 grand at? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway. Oh, you didn't ask us that question about the 10 grand. Oh, yeah. Um, if you got the chance to take your band with you and have $10,000 for you to relocate to any city in the world and live there for one calendar year, where would you go? And what kind of goals would you hope to achieve before you have to come back? Well, I don't think we'd move any place, really. I mean, Philly's a good... Philly and New York, you know? Pretty good area. Probably yeah. say as opposed to... But the $10,000 would be helpful. Yeah, <laughs> that would be good. That's uh, Dan and Tim in the background messing up our interview. But anyway, we're going to... With a ten grand. We would, you know, reinvest that in the band and promotion and hiring more people to help us out. Probably go on tour. Probably go on tour, too. What year yeah. would you go back to, though? What year? I don't feel like I'd go back to any year. I like this year. Yeah, I like 2013. <laughs> time is now. Yeah, time is now. I don't want to be anyone else. I want to be Shadowplay. Yeah. 
It's true. So yeah, I know, but like, I mean, would you go back to the eighties, the nineties, the seventies? I mean, if I could, well, if I could definitely see, wouldn't go back to. The I'd 80s. probably go back to the late sixties. Check that out. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But just think about it. The farther you bet, you go back, the more that ten thousand dollars is worth. True. If you go back then, it's like thirty thousand dollars. I would go back to like. But now, probably the less resources you can get with it, though. I go back because there's probably less resources then. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if you had ten thousand dollars, just like you'd have a van, and that's all you'd really need at that point, along with needing to make connections with the various uh, promoters in major cities. We go meet Zeppelin. Yeah, Black Sabbath. Use that ten thousand dollars goes towards Zeppelin or something. That'd be pretty sick. I don't know. Well, you could like just like go like follow a band around with the ten thousand dollars and then just be broke. That'd be cool. Yeah, go do that. Who would it be? I guess Zep would be cool. Zep would be cool. Cream. Cream would be cool. Not really. Cream and Zep. Sure, sure. Can we see like? Can we follow Zep and Vanilla Fudge? That'd be Vanilla cool. Fudge would be cool. Uh, Return Forever would be cool. Who opened for Zep a lot back in the day? I'm pretty really? Sure. I think so. Wow. That's fairly... I would That's kill a strange CHL. band to open up for Zep, but... I'm sorry. It's all gone. He's eating the last piece. I'm fine. I know. It's a the doors, world we live in. The doors would be pretty good. The doors would be cool. But yeah, basically, we just use that $10,000 to relocate. Like, Wesley we wouldn't, we wouldn't use that $10,000 to relocate. We'd probably just use it just to... Do things in the area that we wanted to do. Because okay. it's a pretty big media market around here. Actually, I think we should put it straight into another album. If we had ten thousand dollars, that'd actually be able to pay for a good album. You know, like really professional. I mean, I don't think you need ten thousand dollars, but we could probably well, it's helpful. We could probably do it in it's five. Helpful. They have a good producer and everything. You know? But yeah, we do something with it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have any other questions on there? Or? Nah, I guess um. Final words, and then we'll uh, stop the recording. Okay. okay. Well, uh, the other band members are getting quite rambunctious, in case you can tell in the background. No, I didn't notice it, man. Oh, okay. Um, so, final words. Uh, uh, rock out, Chicago. Rock out. Rock out. Thanks, Dave. Rock out. Wheaties. Wheaties. Thanks for everyone for tuning in and, uh, you know, taking a listen to our music. You can check out all our tunes at uh, shadowplayrockandroll.com. Thanks to all, <laughs> thanks to all our fans and street teams and everyone out there supporting us. And yeah. uh, be sure to check out that new Monkey Bars thing. Give it a shot. Um, it's been pretty s- successful for us so far. We made a few hundred dollars um, having people share music, and we've had fans who have made about you know fifty, sixty dollars just sharing music on there. So uh, it's pretty cool. You know, check it out. Uh, it's a new online digital distribution site and i think if people really put their energy into it and accept it and you know take a look at it i think it could probably go places awesome and that's the finale i'll try and have this up on my soundcloud uh page in two to three weeks that's soundcloud.com slash japan dash nick and um pretty much also uh just Check out my uh, interviews uh, on the Aquarian. Uh, just go there. Search for Nick Perkel. Anyways, thanks a lot for listening. And this has been the WMSC interview of Shadow Play by Nick Perkel. Shadowplayrockandroll.com. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>